here. It's a very good afternoon. It is Niall Boylan with you, right? Well, for the next hour or so, certainly. And today we decided to focus on net zero. And as you all know at this stage, net zero by 2050 may or may not be achievable. In some people's minds, it's a fantasy. In other people's minds, it'll save the planet. Many people are unhappy, and many people, of course, are happy. Those who protect the environment and want the environment to be protected are very happy. The Green Party, of course, are heading up this. Of course, their policies is what's going to make this happen. And joining me today on Zoom is Jackie Healy-Ray, independent councillor uh, in County Kerry, and also Grace O'Sullivan, a member of the European Parliament, LMP, MEP, and also a member of the Green Party. Good afternoon to both of you. Okay, now, in, re- in relation to what we're currently seeing, I've got to come to you first, Grace. I mean, let's just nip this one in the bud from the very start. A lot of people seem to be very disappointed in the Green Party, not because of the party, not because of the policies, but how it affects their pocket and their wallet. And sadly, in the Irish Independent the other day, there was obviously research done and a poll done which suggested that many people won't vote for the Green Party in the next election. Does that concern you? It's really concerns me highly, Niall, because, um, you know, I, like I'm an old environmental activist and then I, I got into politics and, um, you know, uh, the reason that I've been on this tra- trajectory myself is because I see and I listen, I see the evidence, I listen to the science and I see that, um, you know, from we're, the planet's in crisis and Ireland's in crisis and that if we don't follow a green agenda, that um, it will be the detriment to our own health um, and, and and all conditions uh, on earth, you know? So that's why... It I, I, think, I, I think the majority of the population, the majority of the world are behind yeah. you 100%. And, you know, yeah. and the science clearly is we have to protect the planet and we have to do what's logical to do that. Now, of course, you've been doing this a long time, going right back to the Greenpeace days. Um, so you've heard all the predictions and people are going to quote them, those predictions right back from the 1960s. The world is going to end in 10 years. We're all going to be flooded in 10 years. We're all going to die in 15 years, right up to more recently with Greta Thunberg saying we're going to be in an irreversible position, she said five years ago she's now deleting those tweets but that doesn't say that it's not going to happen that these things aren't damaging the planet and of course they are, nobody doubts that for a minute, but in saying that the urgency to get there by 2050 in the big scheme of things maybe isn't as necessary as we believe it is. You know, in other words, we could do this incrementally. I mean, we all know that naturally things are going to change. The Industrial Revolution came along, it's starting to fizzle out, now we're in the technical, technological revolution, and that in itself is helping us to create ways of protecting the environment quite naturally. So naturally, would the world have changed to protect the environment anyway? Well, uh, you know, uh, Niall, you're talking about 2050. When I talk about the policy measures we need, we're talking about tomorrow, but 2030 is is the first kind of point where we're looking at creating the changes. So look, um, for, for me, like the planet is warming. There's no doubt about it. And like you said, most people get it. Um, you know, there is, it, there is a cost to how we change the way we live. But uh, if we don't get on with it, we lose time on the other end. And that's why very often, now you hear people talking about future generations. I talk about my generation and your generation, really, that uh, we have to make the changes now. And what we've seen, a lot of the the changes that we have uh, proposed are good for people. So for instance, retrofitting houses. So we have an old housing stock in Ireland, and particularly Ireland, you know, uh, you know, uh, retrofitting, 
it wards against dampness. It gives you a better, you know, one absolutely home, better quality of life. And all you know, things like that annoy the hell out of people. Drafts coming through the windows, you know, stuff like that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more because it saves energy. Absolutely, saves energy, saves money for everybody in the long term. But I mean, you have to look at, you know, Mary and Kimmage or Crumlin in a house that was built in the 1960s. I mean, she probably hasn't got the money. I know there's a grant available that pays for quite a substantial amount of it, but she hasn't got the money. No more than she has the money to jump into an electric Tesla tomorrow. So everybody wants to be part of it, but to be part of it costs money. And, you know, it's all well and good, but, you know, the carrot and stick approach, it's more of a stick and carrot approach, to be honest with you. In other words, if you don't do it, you get financially punished, i.e we're seeing the, the, the rise in energy prices it's come back just a little bit at the moment but it is going to go up again and that affects people's pockets and that's what really people are about and that's why we're going to see a poll like this in the Irish Independent where they're not going to want to vote for people who are going to hurt their pockets yeah, and that's why the Greens and I, like I, I you know, I take absolutely on board what Paul says, uh, but that's why the Greens are pushing in government that there, the uh, transition, so the is a just and a fair transition. So all the time we're talking about, you know, I'm down here in Cork today, you know, people here in Cork, that the government supports those on um, in social housing on lower incomes. Uh, so, so that we have ways to help them with retrofitting. We've done that already because the, the carbon tax is ring-fenced so that people can actually, people on low, lower income, that income is literally put, in, to my mind, it's put into the pockets of people in social housing, low income. In terms of middle income, and we're hearing that term much more now um, in, the, in the, mm. the, the, the reason why, because people in middle, middle income uh, categories in Ireland are also finding feeling the squeeze, and of course. that's where we. And, and they don't want to be spending their disposable income that they normally use for the holiday to Marbella. They don't want to be spending that on you know getting the attic done or solar panels on the roof or whatever it happens to be. But yeah. let, let's oh, but let's just move away. From, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, just one thing. Like yeah. we've also you saw now the Greens have brought down the cost of transport, public transport. Uh, you know, again, that's really helping people. So what we we you know, I'd love to see a poll in terms of the trends. How many people are now taking public transport? How many people uh, have an option now that actually is not only affordable, it's accessible? Because we're even seeing here, you know, in Cork more, uh, you know, um, in terms of the the Cork Rail uh, okay. system that there'll be more regular rail the big thing for us is get the affordability into it and I, absolutely and, and by the way that's a great benefit money. to people working in cities and, but maybe not in rural and, ireland you know yeah. but the money the money is flowing the money from europe is flowing into a, a, a fair and just transition and we've heard mary um robinson our former uh, president talk time and time again about that just fair transition so that so that as we wean ourselves and, and we're moving at a rate of knots now away from burning fossil fuels, that we're moving into renewable energy, cleaner energy, healthier for the environment, healthier. You know, so that to me, it's it's like we're moving towards win-wins okay. and we have okay. to okay. Uh, um, uh, time against us. Okay, let me just move to Jackie, if I can. Jackie, the reason I wanted to talk to you today, of course, is that we have spoken to you before on many occasions, and we've spoken to your family, who are all obviously involved in politics. We're all very familiar in relation to agriculture, which is the one thing that affects rural Ireland more than anything else. The targets set for agriculture are very high. Um, Tim Cullinan, president of the Farming Lobby, told delegates last month or two months ago that he has seen the party's true colours, talking about the Green Party, when it comes to the agricultural sector. And you guys 
believe you've been hit hardest. In other words, if you're doing this to us, why aren't you doing it to air travel? Why aren't you doing it to cars? Why aren't you doing it to everybody else that we're the ones being hit hardest? Maybe explain what what part is being hit hardest. And do you understand, I suppose, what the Green Party are trying to do is make it a better place for everyone to live in. And you accept that. I, I absolutely do. And and initially what Grace said uh, in, and, and what you said yourself in relation to that, there is an issue. And I acknowledge that and, and I understand it. And I do believe, of course, that we have to take steps to protect the planet. I, I, I have absolutely no issue with that. But where I do have the issues is where we're putting the cart before the horse. Tell me, how does it make sense this morning? that I can go over to Kerry Airport and fly from Kerry to Dublin for 20 euros and it'll take 35 minutes. But if I get on the train in Killarney, it'll cost at least 65 euros return and it'll take three and a half hours. So like in a world where especially people my age aim for convenience and it's a case of time is everything and especially with what myself and Grace are at, Time is everything, and there's not enough time in the minute in, in the day for us. So where we can reduce time, uh, be it in traveling or or whatever we're doing, of course we're going to take that option. Whereas if you told me, like I was I was in in Brussels recently, and I took a train from Brussels to Amsterdam, the train was absolutely hopping off the rails at 180 miles an hour, and I was in Amsterdam in two hours. So I took that option over, I could have got a plane if I wanted to, but I said, this is a grand option. And I, and I went that way. And it, it was there and quick. So like, again, until you have such a time where a train is quicker than a car and is actually more convenient than a car, because at the moment it is more convenient for me to drive. The, the first option I take would be flying from Kerry to Dublin because it's the quickest option. It's the cheapest but option. But Jackie, you're never, I mean, what, what you were talking about traveling across Europe and you're talking about traveling from one city to another city. When we look at Ireland, we, we know the geographical landscape of Ireland. We are never going to be able to provide convenient public transport when, for, for, for okay. populations that are not dense because it, well, it just wouldn't second. be economically viable. We had a far better rail system in the 1920s in this country than we do now. And, and places were far more connected in the small village that I come from in Kilgarvan. I've seen the maps. I've seen the maps of the, the old rail yes. system. And it yes. was a better well, system. Yes. The people, there was a railway station here and you could bring you all the way down into the Ring of Kerry. And you were talking about the economic, what are we doing with the railways that we had before? We're putting greenways on them. I'm not opposed to greenways, absolutely not. But what I would love to see is greenways and railways. Because could you imagine if you could sit on the train this morning with the weather that we're having and get on the train in Kilgarvan and, and go all the way down the Ring of Kerry like, like we used to? Could you imagine the economic benefit of that? But, but I'll, I'll, come back to, I'll come back to the transport yes. issue in a minute. And it is an yes. important issue. And I think you've made a really good yes. point about the hypocrisy of that. And, and this, yes. of course, comes back to what, you know, Tim Cullen was saying about, you know, attacking other industries, if that's what you want to use the word, attacking other industries yes. and not just agriculture. But in the farming industry in particular, and you're involved in the farming industry, yes. your argument and the argument from farmers is, is why do I have to reduce my herd? When in the meantime, you know, the Brazilians and the Argentinians are going to increase their herds. So in other words, the, the cows will only be belching in a different part of the world. So you believe that's hypocrisy? Of the highest regard. Because if you look at what it, what's happening, the big debate here at the moment is re-wetting. In other words, 
and and despite what Grace might say, after twenty thirty, when they've when we we've rewetted all the state land, it's a case of we will then be looking at productive farmland. Grace will say that it'll be on a voluntary basis, but if there's not enough take up, voluntary soon becomes compulsory, and it's the same with the reduction of the herd. But they are it's being quite... subsidized. But you, but they are going to be subsidized for the losses. It's not like oh, they're doing imagine, it for nothing. Can you imagine telling? Because I, I, I was, I was up there recently, where we have a, where we're, we have a potential threat to the the arterial drainage program that we've operating in this country, uh, from environmental groups in this country, uh, from from the from its most recent review of the river basin management plan. But that that that's another topic. But can you imagine going up going up to Narkerry this morning and telling a productive uh, dairy farmer that is farming along the river Cashin? And telling him that he's that he that his land can be rewetted, and as one of Grace's MEP colleagues from Dublin said recently, that oh the the, the land could be repurposed for um, water buffaloes and blueberries. <laughs> I mean, telling a productive dairy farmer uh, that that is making a, a, a living for himself and his family that is that is uh, um, contributing. To rural rural communities and keeping the local shop open, the local the the local um, post office open, all the things that you need to make a vibrant rural community, telling them to come along and repurpose their farm for water buffaloes and blueberries. I okay, mean, what? Well, okay, well, let me let me come back to Grace. Here, let me go back to Grace. Yeah. Let me finish. Just let me finish. Yeah. Just and 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 again, where we then have the Brazilians cutting down forestries to bait the bend to make more land so that they can double their herd while we're okay. reducing it. Okay, okay. okay, let me just get to that point, Grace. That's a really important point. And let me give you another example of that, not just in relation to agriculture. I was getting two tyres for the car recently. I was standing outside waiting while they were putting the new tyres on the car and a van arrived to collect all the old tyres from this company that were replacing my tyres. All the old tyres being thrown into a truck. And I just happened to say to the guy, I said, what do you do with all the old tyres? And he says, uh, I said, do you burn them? And he said, no, we're not allowed. You have to apply for a license to do that. And he says, so we, we can't, you can't get a license to do that anymore in Ireland. So I said, well, where do they go? And he says, well, we did have this plan. We bought a machine for 100,000 that grinds them down to use them for kids' playgrounds, for the soft stuff on kids. He said, but nobody's interested because it's too expensive to produce. So we send them to China. And I said, what do they do with them in China? He says, they burn them for a concrete factory. So I said, in other words, they're, just, they're burning them, but just in a different part of the world. It's the same point, I suppose, that was being made about agriculture. What's the point in reducing the herd when other countries are just going to increase their herd and sell the meat cheap into Ireland? So look, there's a, there's a bunch of points there, uh, and I, can, I hope we can get to them. So first, in terms of, of um, importing beef from South American countries, that the Mercosur deal. Well, like uh, in the European Parliament, I'm one of the most active people against that. I totally disagree with it. Why? Because not only will it un undercut potentially the price of beef here in Ireland, but also you're bringing the, the, um, the, the meat over from South America. Why not produce it locally? And as Jackie rightly says, use that money will flow back into the local economy. So we're, we've been very strong, outspoken on that, not only in Ireland, but across um, Europe. Um, and in terms then of um, you know the, the the peatlands and a big issue at the moment, as as everyone knows, is this nature restoration law that we're trying to bring in in the European um, in the European Parliament and in the European Union. 
And that, um, you know, when we talk about, uh, uh, to be honest, I think the word re-wetting sometimes, um, it was a bad use of a word because what you're talking about, you can raise the um, water table. So you don't have to flood the land. You can still uh, farm productively on peatland soil, but you don't, you can raise it, but you don't have to raise it to the surface, right? And what, what that, what you do then is you, and this is, is all on the table in Brussels, it's all worth what we're talking about is, you know, because the, the, the soil, the peat soil will actually sequester, it'll draw down greenhouse gas emissions, the very emissions that are heating the planet. And then the farmer will uh, receive a payment for the effort. But the first and foremost... Is, well, but, but, is if he does, but if he doesn't voluntarily want to do it, as Jackie pointed out, because obviously we're seeking yeah, farmers exactly. to voluntarily... But okay. I mean, is, is it going to come to a point that if farmers don't voluntarily do this, that they'll be forced to do it? Yeah, well, well that's a presumption, okay? The reality it's a fair is presumption. That, yeah, but there will be choices. And it's another, going back to, to Jackie's point on, on transport, the same thing. Well, what the Greens are about is giving people choices, giving them options whereby they can put, they can uh, uh, apply for schemes, they can benefit from those schemes. Why? Because of the basic thing we all agree with is that the, the planet's in trouble. Uh, you know, whether you're down in Kilgarvan or whether you're over in Brussels but, or but the other side. And I, I understand the choices you're given. And yes, farmers are going to benefit financially, but they won't benefit financially, but they will be compensated financially uh, for the loss in relation to this. But when you say choices, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing and a lot of the regulations that we're seeing, they're not going to be choices. You either do it or that's it. You know, I mean, and it seems when it comes to the general public, I mean, we're being told, for example, simple things like, you know, the sale of uh, diesel and petrol cars will be gone by 2030. By 2035, it'll be illegal to sell them. In other words, you won't have a choice. You have to do these things. So to suggest that it's always going to be a choice is not. And this is the point, again, that Jackie's making. It's all well and good saying it at the moment. It's voluntary, blah, 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 blah. But it's not going to be voluntary for very long because if we don't get enough people taking part, then there's going to be other legislation brought in, uh, most likely by the Green Party, uh, to suggest that you have to do it. And and he believes this is damaging local communities and local farming communities. Yeah, but the, the, the ultimate damage is going to be because we're in a, in our towns and our communities that, that we can no longer, you know, uh, deal with the extreme droughts, we can't deal with flash flooding, um, you know, all kinds of um, different uh, events that are a result of the warming of the planet. So, and just to get back to your point, I mean, look, we, we you know, the, we have to move, get the momentum going. So in terms, go back to the retrofitting, you know, now across Ireland, like retrofitting of social housing is happening at scale, the um, the local authorities are all of their housing is stopped. They're moving towards uh, absolutely. I, I spoke to somebody who bought a house the other day, and it's it's wonderful. There's no such thing as a fireplace yeah. anymore, which yeah. caught my because yeah. I walked into this house and I said to him, a friend of mine bought a new house. I said, "Where's your fireplace?" And he says, "You're yeah. old school. You're old school. There's no fireplace." Yeah. Sorry. And, so, and, okay, and but, yes. Like, 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 you know. So that's that's positive changes. You know? Oh, it is, but and, it's and, but that's all well and good for young people buying new houses, which have new regulations yeah, but, around retrofitting. But but for those who don't the, have it, sorry, go ahead, Jack. You want to say something? Yeah, we have to acknowledge on the retrofitting. You're failing miserably. Last year, it was announced by SEI that, the, and your target is five hundred thousand homes to be retrofitted by twenty thirty. 
you've done three point seven percent of that so far. So yeah. how are you going to how are you going to ramp it up over the yeah. next eight years? And because the big stumbling block is the people that Noel referenced earlier. It's very easy for for uh, local authorities to come along and apply uh, for their stock to be done up, but the person who um, like I come across there uh, not so long ago in 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 a place that I represent in Scarta Glen in County Kerry, a small rural community, and the the money that has to be paid up first. Yeah. Where, where does that come from for, for elderly people who are on pensions? And as well, when we talk about the Green Party giving options, what option does someone in, in one of the largest parishes uh, in Ireland have today uh, in Belly McKelligot, whereby they're in a very isolated area and all they have is their car? I'll tell you the option that the Green Party gave them a number of days ago was the increase the price of the one uh, fuel that fuels their one transport option. They don't have choices. They have to sit into their car if they want to go to work or if they want to go to the doctor or if they want to go down to, to the suit. And that, it, it, it'll be very hard for you to convince me that that aspect is going to change. Because like Noel said, there's going to be isolated places in this country. There always will be. And there will be people who want to live in rural areas. And we have to support that choice for rural pe for people to continue to live in their rural communities. But... Their options, you're not going to be able to tell me that they're going to be provided with a bus, that they're because the, the, the local link doesn't even go up there. You're not going to be able to tell me that they're going to be provided with a rail system because that's not going to happen. So what are the options for these people? And then my final my final point is we t we, we talk about the potential of, like you say, that the Green Party are against the Marcus Ardeal. That's brilliant. We're, 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 we're fully uh, in agreement with that. But then I use the example of whereby we close, we we repurpose peat burning stations in this country. Example in Eden Derry, uh, that is now a biomass uh, a biomass station. And what are we doing? Where are we getting our wood chip from? Our wood chip is coming in from Brazil on boats into fines that's being collected by dozens of lorries and transported from fines up up to up to up to Eden Dairy to be burnt. All that's coming in from Brazil. Uh, we're getting our okay, we're getting okay, I, 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 okay, we're limited to the time. And, and horticultural yeah. peat is coming in from Lafayette. Okay, we're limited okay. to the time. So, okay, again again, okay. I suppose, Grace, this goes back to, you know, the hypocrisy. In yeah. other words, you know, you're probably burning just as much CO two per ton or whatever it happens to be, you know, bringing in wood chip, bringing in turf from other countries because we've banned the sale of it in this country. In other words, what's the point in doing this if it just costs more money then to move it and more CO2, if that's the way you want to put it, to move it from another country back to Ireland again? Okay, so we we uh, recognise that we, we all agree across around the table, we all agree there's a problem and we have to find solutions. And it's not it's not going to be solutions found tomorrow across the board. But what you have to do is get underway. And that's what we're doing in the Green Party. So we're not moaning and, and giving out and not moving on. We've got to move on. We know, we're hearing it. Like but we're, 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 we're a tiny cog that, in the big wheel. You know okay. what I mean? When you've so, got countries know, like India, know, China and America who don't care. But Niall, Niall, we're an important cog in a wheel. And I want everyone in this country to have a decent lifestyle, including all those down in Kerry and Kilgarvan, you know? So but, it's, but, it's, but, 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 he's, but he's just mentioned not, not they're always... Well, hang on, so, hang on, Jackie. No, no, hang just, on. Just, he's just mentioned... What I'm arguing against is the, the use of the word hypocrisy. Like, that's just not fair. 
because we at least were rolling up our sleeves and we're trying to do something and create the change. Now, go back to your peak coming from Latvia or whatever. We shouldn't, no country should be burning fossil fuels because we know it's eating the planet. We know it. Yeah, but you, we, well, yeah, but you can't, and that's fine. And by the way, I don't disagree with you. Hang on, no. Hang no, no, on, hang on, both of you. Hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. Please, please, both, both of you just for a second, just let's count down. Nobody, dis- nobody disagrees that we need to move away from fossil fuels. Hang on, no, bo- nobody disagrees that we move to, need to move away from fossil fuels. But you can't do that today or tomorrow or in a year's time or even in six years' time until we have something to replace it. I mean, when we moved away from the steam engine going back, you know, hundreds of years ago, we did it. And we did, and people gave out about it at the time when we moved. But we will do that over time. Yeah, but now look at it. How long does it take us to get the legislation, so the, the law into place, so we can now start developing our finally offshore renewable wind? So that's going to give us a renewable resource. It's going to create a load of jobs, jobs all around the country. And finally, we're getting on with it. It took us, it took the Greens like multiple times before we could get that legislation over the, the line. So what I'm saying to Jackie is, you know, I know like, you know, you might have a, a, a hit at the Greens and whatever, but at least we're the ones, we, we're consistent. We're saying this is the way it is. And now for God's sake, will we move forward? And that's why I'm saying as an old, uh, environmental activists, you know, will people just come on, come on board and let's get this thing going. And then let's create the, the, the decent environment. Because just one point, we live, believe me, I've been all over the world, Antarctica, everywhere. And I, we live in such a brilliant country and we can, we can put in the systems that will make it not only better for renewable energy, for people in isolated environments. Like, it, it will take time, I've no doubt about it, but gee, just get in behind us and let's make it Okay, happen. well, just finally, Jackie, in fairness, you may or may or not disagree or, or agree with Grace, but you have to give her a reward for passion. And certainly the Green Party have a passion for what they want to do. I, I understand it's not easy because it, when you're being asked to move to something different or do something different without having the option that you want uh, because of the times that we're living in, it takes a little bit of time. I, I spoke the other day in detail about electric cars. I don't think we're there yet with electric cars. Until we increase the range or we increase the speed up the charging times, I don't think we're there yet. Because if everybody bought electric cars tomorrow, the grid would collapse. But but getting back to you, Jackie, I mean, you've heard it said, surely we just let's all get on board. Oh, but sure, but sure, it's very easy to say, let's get all on board. And it's very easy to say, oh, that maybe we're moaning, or maybe it's very easy to say that we're oh, having a hit at the Greens. But like, that's if the Green Party came out in the morning and said that they wanted to put, that to give a grant to every household in the country, that they would install free of charge solar panels in every single rooftop in this country, that would be something I could get behind. It's something that would be benefit to the end user, and it would be something that would be beneficial to the grid. That's something I could get on board with. But when you're telling me that, oh, yes, we're going to provide choices, but before we give you any alternative transport outside of your car for getting to work or wherever, we're actually going to hike up the price of fuel uh, with with carbon taxes uh, so that it's going to hit you more in your pocket every single day to go to work in in, in the middle of a cost of living crisis that seems to be never ending. So when you you tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to have choices or or we, we have to do this, we have to get on board, it's very hard to tell that to grace to people who are continuously being hit nowhere else other than their pocket 
for things that they for simple things that they do, whether it's going down to the shop to get their groceries that are ever increasing, whether because again, the cost of fuel has an impact on every single thing that we do. We do not have electric electric haulage uh, uh, trucks in this country or even in the world. So like I like when the price of fuel goes no, up. No, that, was, that was the point I was making. It takes the time. Cost of everything goes I, and, so, and I think so, I, I think Grace. Well, just finally because I know you both have to go, Grace. I think you have to accept that you know we made this decision going back in 2021 when the legislation was brought in in relation to reaching that target. But in saying that. It's not fair to try to reach that target, you know, where other people have to make massive sacrifices financially and otherwise, and certainly in business too, when the the alternatives are not in position. And when it comes to, say, the electric vehicles for, you know, for agriculture, for haulage, those options are not there yet. Even for the end user, for the guy on the street or the somebody in, in, in rural Ireland who wants an electric car, it's too expensive. And, and they don't have the range yet. The charging times are too long. I mean, that's going to take another five or ten years for someone like Elon Musk to develop and get a patent on. So realistically, it's going to take a little bit of time. So as I said, back to what I said at the very start, the carrot and stick approach, you can't punish people constantly for not doing it. You know, And I, I know you're passionate about it. You want it done tomorrow. But that's not going to happen. Just finally, Grace. And I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Like, that's blue sky thinking stuff. What I'm saying is that, the, and what, you know, Europe's saying it'll be a just and a fair transition. And that's where the money from the European Central Bank, that's where the money is going to flow into Ireland to actually help the transition. And when you talk about transition, we're talking, you know, we're talking about 2030, 2040, 2050. So, so it will take time. It will take time. And from my perspective and the green perspective is we always have to bring everyone on board. So the person Jackie was talking about, you know, in, in, in different areas in Kerry and that, that's, that's where we really have to reach out and we have to make sure that the local authorities and yourself, Jackie, the local uh, representatives, that, that, they're, that they're supported uh, so that we can help those people in the rural environment and we need to make sure that the credit unions and the different funding institutes that the the the, the people in rural oh, they, well, they still, yeah but they still have to pay those back i mean people people have to borrow the money they have to pay it back i mean surely surely grace what we should be talking about is the government dipping their hand in the pocket and saying we'll pay for it then jackie and everybody else will get on board because when people are asked to put their hand in their pocket then it costs money then you lose support and you know the next election is coming soon so you don't want you don't want that to come true what was in the irish independent the other day because otherwise you're all in a lot of trouble so uh, I have to, Jackie, just let me, uh, let you make the final point. I really have to wrap it up because I know, I, I go ahead, Jackie, make the final point. It's just what I, what I would say is, and I agree with Grace, that any transition should be just and fair. But those people who partook in that poll over the weekend, and many of the people that you would talk to uh, in places like Kerry, Kerry or Clare or places like that where there are vastly rural counties, you ask them, is it just and fair for them at the moment? Because I'll tell you the answer that they'll give you is, no, it is not. And it is actually getting much harder for them. So I have no, I, I would have absolutely no problem in the world in changing my diesel Jeep to uh, an electric vehicle in the morning if it could do the same thing as it does for me now. But it okay. can't. That okay, well, listen. So, so as technology advances, it will get easier. But what we're saying at the moment is that the Green Party are putting the cart 
before the horse. And to be fair, and I'll finish on this, it's not just the Green Party, because we had a vote on the on the climate, on the climate, um, on the climate targets, and and in the doll, 129 to 10. Sinn Fein, Labour, Social Democrats, they all voted for it. Uh, but the hip hypocrisy then lies with those very same people who will stand up in the morning and give out about the cost of living. Okay, listen, on that note, i got to thank both of you because I know you're both rich. And thank you very much, both of you, for taking much. the time to join us today. Thank you very much thank indeed, Grace. And, and also Jackie Healy Ray. All right, well, there you go. Uh, you're listening there to Grace O'Sullivan, who is a member of the European Parliament, MEP, and also the Green Party, also Jackie Healy Ray, independent councillor in County Kerry. Um, and you can see the massive difference in opinion. And it all comes down to money. And it comes down to you, the members of the public. Are you willing to pay? There's no denying that the climate is changing. People have different opinions on our responsibilities and our impact on that. But anybody in the world who said the, the or says the climate is not changing is delusional because the climate is changing. But what impact are we having? That's the question who has been, that's been argued by many scientists around the world. I'm not going to dismiss some of the other theories that are out there. But the argument is that if we're kinder to the planet, it'll last longer for future generations. I don't think anybody would deny that. I think we've got to be kinder to the environment. Isn't it far better if we can heat our homes without smoke billowing from our roofs? Absolutely. Isn't it far better that we could drive around eventually in nice, comfortable electric cars, or indeed hydrogen cars, if that's the way forward, without smoke coming out of an exhaust pipe? Apart from anything else, you just got the pollution in that, apart from anything else. So it is better that we move on to more sustainable energy. It is better that we move on to protecting the planet for a multitude of reasons, not just about climate change. So are you willing to pay? Because it's costing money. Look at your ESB bills lately. Don't just blame the war in Ukraine, by the way. Your gas bills, your electricity bills, all those things are going up because there's no investment or lack of investment in refineries. Not just because of the war in Ukraine, because oil at this very moment in time, is cheaper now than it probably was in 2008. Yet you're paying more at the pumps and you're paying more on your bill, your oil bills, if you're heating your home with oil. The same goes for gas. The reason for that is because we don't have the infrastructure anymore and we don't have the investment because investors are scared and frightened of Green Party policies and climate policies, that they won't get the return. So in turn, it's costing you more money, supply and demand. Anyway, would you retrofit your home? Are you willing to pay? You might get the money back in 20 years if you do it. You save a little bit of money. Let me go to some of our callers on this if I can. Let me go to Breda first if I can. Breda, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Border podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. Are you willing to pay, Breda? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. I am. Um, my last gas bill was 630 euros, Nile, and we were so careful with the heat here. We like we were going to bed early and everything else. Like ridiculous mm. that I have to live. My, my daughter has to live like that. I'm not paying for it. If my house was built in the 70s, so it probably if, if I don't know if it would be that the Z rating or whatever else. Z rating. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not putting in money. If the government wants to bring this up to spec, they can put the money into the house for me. I'm not paying it, and I will never pay it. Well, they, they do pay, a, if you want to retrofit, they do pay a large percentage. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still going to cost you thousands. I have to borrow about 20 grand. That's right, Jeff. Yeah. I'm not borrowing 20 grand at my, my age and my life and having to hang an I, I, I thought it was interesting <laughs> that Grace was saying, you know, well, obviously, you know, they want to work with credit unions to make the money available to people. And I said, well, they, you still have to pay it back. You might be very boomy, my if you don't mind me saying. It's very hard to hear some of okay. the things you're saying. Okay, sorry um, about that. No, 
Uh, no, I'm just in case you were. That's just I'm just saying in case you knew. I just I think I think I'll switch you onto a different line. That should be better. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, like if I buy an electric car tomorrow, I have to pay three thousand euros to get the unit, the charging unit fitted to my house. Like if if the Green Party want me to buy an electric car, you fit that to my house for me free of charge. Mm. There's one difference. Well, they, I, I, by the way, they were doing that when electric cars first went on sale, going back about five or six years ago no, when they became popular. No. They were fitting them for free at one yes, stage. They're not. Not they're anymore. Not. I know they're not. It's eight or nine hundred quid now. Pay three thousand euros. I said I'd have brought the car back and said you can keep it. You know, it's hard enough trying to put the petrol and the vehicle into the car, but at least you know if I want to drive to Connemara, I know I can get to Connemara and probably back on a tank of petrol. Petro. If I buy an electric car, I'm going to have to stop and charge it somewhere along the way. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, that's I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be able to get from A to B. But, I mean, but, but do you not, so, listening to Grace, and she's quite passionate about it, obviously she's a member of the Green Party, that's why. And sure, by the way, yeah. Grace goes back a long time as an environmental activist anyway, so she is very passionate about it. But, <laughs> but, but she obviously doesn't want you putting petrol or diesel in your car. Uh, she's looking at the future of the planet. I mean, do you care about the future of the planet? I suppose she'd ask it. I, no, I do care about the future of the planet. It's like when your man Eamon said, to light a candle and sit around it. <laughs> you know, like... like or or grow, you know, grow flowers on the window, of the, go with lettuce on the windowsill, is it? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry, you know, that I have no I've no respect for that man in any make shape or will form. You, will you or vote for the Green Party at all? I would, in my eye. I wouldn't give them... I'd give them nothing. I was going to say something else, but I won't. No, okay. I'd give them nothing. No, right, okay. no. Okay, well, 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 mind you, all the parties, to be honest with you, are, are equally as bad when it comes to these policies if you, if you don't like these policies. So it's not very yeah, just but, to blame the Green Party for it. But, like, but the Green Party, are, you know, like, as I'm coming back to him, like when the, when the, the heating was going up, they let price of everything sit around a candle and, and, and like, how would that warm you? Like, what an ignorant thing to say to people and think we're all going to go, oh, yeah, we'll vote for you now when another election comes up. Go away, you gobshite, and don't be annoyed. Stay there for you a second. Know. Let me go to Bernie as well. Bernie, how are you doing? I'm grand. Um, I'm sitting here with all my curtains closed, you know, keeping the heat in. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to sit around a candle today, that's for sure. No, you don't. Barry, are you buying into it? Are you kind of happy nope. to pay the bit extra? Or, you know, you're saving the I'm planet for your paying. grandkids? Your grandkids, Barry. I'm done paying. You're done I paying. I have, yeah, I'm done paying. And we are paying. And I'd like to know, start at the top. Why aren't the likes of the big shopping centres having take the plastic or all that litter to bring home here and burn? If they're so serious about it, why are they still putting milk in plastic bottles? Why can't we buy cartons? Why isn't milk being delivered to our house like it was 30 or when I was born yeah. in the 60s? We had the rag and bone man. We had the bins collected. Yeah, we reused and recycled absolutely everything. There was no plastic. The first the big shopping centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first big shopping centre was out in Cornell's Court and Dunn stores and that was it. There was nothing else. Mm. And you went down to the local shop with your list and you wheeled it back up and that was it and that did you for the week. It is ridiculous. Nobody will... We were erased. Anyone over a certain age is erased off the government's list. They just want you yeah, to but go you to can't, the next here's the, here's the logic, Bernie. You can't go back to the old days. Don't get me wrong. You know, to rotate the glasses and look lovely. Well, let me give you one example, right? In, in, in the old days, you know, you'd have one bag of rubbish for a week for the bin man, whatever it was, right? And everything else... Sure, my mother would throw everything in the fire. 
all the wrappers, all the papers, all the, the the plastics, all into the fire on top of the coal to keep the house warm, right? And okay, it benefited because it kept the house warm. It saved you buying more coal because you were burning all your rubbish as well, apart from anything else. But then we had a situation where if you were in Dublin in the mid-1970s, by six o'clock in the evening on a cold winter's night, there was smoke in the air, smog in the air, yeah. pollution oh, that was yeah. killing people. So you can't Absolutely. go, you can't go, and that, like, it doesn't, you don't have to be a Green Party activist to believe that. You know, it's logical that you can't have that I've lived smog. Through, I mean, I, Nile, I was there, and I, I know, and there was a smell it. off the petrol. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the exhaust fumes, I remember all that. Yeah. I'm still alive and well, it didn't, you know, it didn't I, kill me, you know. It might have killed you, but I, it did kill some people. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, with the technology, I mean, why aren't the corporations that are running the world, you know, the planet, you get the likes of Amazon gifts or delivered or something delivered, and it comes with a, a, a huge a, box, an eye-watering a load of stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. for a pair of earbuds, and it comes in a box the size of a, you'd fit a child into it, you know. <laughs> I know. Where is the logic of that? Well, they, I mean, well, they, well, they are them. they are supposed to be fined for wastage and for doing things like that, but nobody seems to be regulating that. And you are right. I only received a, a roll of tape, you know, a double sided tape, and it came in a box that was like seven inches by seven inches. I had to look for it in the box. It was <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, all those things do matter, but mind you, that is all recycled anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it is yeah. recyclable. And the other thing was now. Will you be buying no a, well, Bernie, are you going to retrofit your home or buy an electric car? Not an ocean. I happened an ocean. A hide it was the thing they fitted to your house. And in the beginning it was free. Then it went to three hundred and now it's three thousand as as Breed said. There's no way on earth I am doing it. I'm not driving I'm going to continue driving my car. It's as economic as it can be for me. I mean it's a diesel car, but it's the only one I can use around here because the roads are absolutely ridiculous. It can't go anywhere where I live. Okay, so, the bus service is ridiculous. So w- would you be happy enough to, you know, participate in Green Party policies if they paid for it? Well, I mean, they'd have to come to my door and convince me that it's actually, you know, give me the theories behind it. Give me the analogies behind it. Because fires have been burned since Celtic times that we're aware of. They all sat around a fire and burnt it. So, you know, telling us that it's affecting the air and the atmosphere, tell me, prove it to me. Give me the... the, the well, they, well they'll me. argue that scientists will prove it. Mind you, they, like, to be to be fair, you know, the, the proof that's being given constantly all the time is there are hypotheses. They're not actually scientific evidence. It's hypotheses. So it, it's scientists who, based on other evidence, are, have a theory. And, and But mind you, we've heard a lot of those theories before and they didn't actually come true. We were all Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. like, I mean, they invent so many things that they get wrong. Like, you know, some of the scans they do on newborn, ba- on, on, on what the pregnant mothers, they tell them that the baby has got A, B, C, D, terrible things wrong with it. And then all of a sudden the baby's normally delivered. Like, there's so many things we haven't honed in on that, that could be good for the in, for the world. Okay. You know, there's... So That's but, what it makes me. Well, hang on, both of you a second. Anyone. Well, hang on. Let me just go to Anthony as well. Anthony, how are you doing? You're on <coughs> the podcast. Anthony, there you go. Hi, Nile Howard. Yeah, Breda and Bernie are having none of us. Absolutely yeah, and none I of agree. Us. Oh, gee, there's not another one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's absolute rubbish. You don't buy into it at all? No. Nice. Number one, when your lovely researcher rang me earlier on, mm. I was just saying to her the only person that really raised it was um, Mr. Healy Ray. That banning people from cutting turf on their own bogs and burning it, but we'll import it from Eastern Europe, which leaves uh, a ship coming over with turf, but people that have it on their, in their back garden can't well, well, you're not banned at the moment from cutting your own turf and burning it at the moment. You are banned For from reselling moment. it and giving it away. 
And as for electric cars, did you hear about the case that all the multi-storey car parks are going to be have to be reinforced because the weight of the lithium battery in the electric car. Now, I, I did read a story, but that's not, by the way, I don't think the reason why that car park in Manhattan collapsed last week. Um, now, some people had suggested that, that there was a few electric cars on the top floor, the top two floors of it, and the weight of them. Because electric cars do weigh a lot more than a standard vehicle because of the weight yeah. of the battery. So, yeah, I, I... And what about the lithium that's in the battery? Mm-hmm. Do you know how that's mined? Absolutely. Young young boys Child and girls. Labor. Absolutely. And men and yeah. women uh, paying it, paid 2 or $3 a month. And in many they cases, literally no digging with their bare hands. Going, just like nuclear waste, they still have no idea how they're going to dispose of the battery when it wears out. Yeah, so, I, I don't think that's very environmentally friendly, I, to be quite I, honest. I would hesitate, hesitate to say that, I'm sorry about that, hesitate to say that I don't believe electric vehicles are the future. Um, no. I, I genuinely don't believe it, because as you rightly pointed out, to build or to, to mine for these batteries, uh, the lithium-ion uh, for these batteries. Um, We had somebody on the show recently and he talked to us, he had written a book in relation to child labour and what he called slavery uh, in places um, That's what it is. Like Uganda and other places. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Or the Congo, I think, wasn't it, is where where most of that comes from. Yeah. And he said, like, for one car, he said, it's a 50 yard, and he he mentioned the size, he used the word yard, by the way, 50 metres, let's say, a hole in the ground, you know, for one battery. Uh, And he said, it's a ridiculous amount of digging just to get one battery. You know, he says so. He said it really isn't worth it, and 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 I probably agree. I think going back and, and like I said, going forward, no idea maybe, hydrogen. maybe hydrogen will be the future. I don't know. You know, but they people, have no idea how they're going to dispose of them as well once they're gone. Like once they once they're clapped out, how long they last? They don't know. It's all a new science, but I don't believe in it, and I don't believe it's the future. And okay, I don't so, so you're any, not willing to pay any extra our, taxes. Or anything at all to go no. green? No, 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 no. Stay I, there. The Green Party are just talking a load of rubbish, and I would the sooner they're gone, the better. And Eamon Ryan could go and have a snooze <laughs> for the rest of his life, Stay like there. Rip Van Winkle. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Tony. Tony, how you doing? You're on the Nightball Podcast, Tony. How are you, Mel? Okay. Good, Tony. Nice to talk to you. Tony, are you willing to pay to go green? No, no. It's not very good today, is it? No, I'm with the gang because, now it's a pure and absolute scam. Pure and absolute. I'm okay, they say, okay, they say, just a climate change, but it's always changed. Well, that's the theory by some people. Yes, of course, the the climate is changing. It's always changed. If you go back from the weather forecast, I think the warmest day in Ireland was in 1876 or something around that. Well, I know we did have one last year, which was 34 degrees or whatever. That kind of got into the record books. Still wasn't the warmest, though. I don't think so, no. I I think there was one warmer than that, yeah. I mean, look, absolutely. The climate has always been changing, and the climate will continue to change. And so the argument is, can we make a difference... Can we stop no. it? Can, can we, are, well, certainly we will never stop the climate changing. Of co- uh, no, unless no, but the argument is, is that... Can we slow it down? Per usual, Ireland wants to be the best boys in the class. But, I mean, like, I think there was a big announcement there from the Green Party in Ireland. And in the same week, there was 11 new coal plants uh, that was being opened in China that week. Mm. 
which kind of seems pointless then, doesn't it? I mean, and this is the argument that's put forward, and I mentioned it, Grace. Ireland is a very small cog in the wheel. So what's the point in us doing all of this when the biggest countries in the world, uh, the biggest polluters in the world, like China, like India, uh, like America even, depending on which president gets in, don't really care. And they're not going to do anything. Yeah, but just like you have to be honest about it. No, like Ireland is not even a cog in the wheel. We're a tiny little dot. We're a tiny little dot. And it, make, it would make not even 0.0.0.1% if everyone in Ireland stopped using their heating and everyone bought electric cars or if everyone cycled to work, it's not going to make any difference. No, you're right. It's not. And it's always the people and it's always the people that's bringing in these regulations who's not affected by it. So in other words, these, like these politicians who have deep pockets and large, large salaries, they're not affected by it. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, but just like you have Eamon Ryan and he's telling everyone to do this and do that. And then he goes out and jumps on the jet after China. It was interesting actually speaking to Grace. And I know going back, uh, Grace from the Green Party was on Grace O'Sullivan earlier on. And she was, uh, goes right back in time, 21 years of age. Uh, and she spent a lot of her time working with Greenpeace. And only recently, by the way, the Greenpeace founder, Patrick Moore, who is the founder of Greenpeace, came out to say that climate change is based on false narratives. That was his line, by the way, not mine. Uh, let me well, hang on. Let me go to Melissa as well. Melissa, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boiling Podcast. Um, good evening, good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. So, Melissa, are you willing to pay? No, absolutely not. No. We're we're paying more than anyone, even before COVID or lockdowns or any of these hoax crises that they're throwing upon us. We were actually even paying more in our electricity than anywhere in the EU before all of this. So look where we're at now. We're paying three times even more yeah. than anyone in any of the other EU countries. I suppose I'm going to come from it from a point of 64,000 people with disabilities in Ireland. We're hearing the far left, that's what they want to call themselves, whatever, um, don't like the left or the right. No, the old labels. Yeah, but the government are quite fond yeah, of the labels. I don't like mentioning their language. Yeah, because otherwise, otherwise you'd be just called the far right. <laughs> exactly. So I, I prefer to say, you know, we're just the sensible right so far people. Um, and basically, you know, they're screaming about, say, our SUV cars on the road at the moment. Um, you know, we can't afford our electricity bills. I know I'm paying 500. There's only two of us in the house. And I'm paying 500 a month on electric. It's and crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Electric yeah. chairs. So this is out of a disability payment for 64,000 people. And they want us to go out and buy an electric car. They're screaming, get the SUVs off the road. I, You know, there's an awful lot of this SUV coming from Sinn Féin. I, 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 I don't know, why, by the way, I don't know where the SUV argument has come from, because I'll tell you why. Uh, SUVs in Ireland... In a wheelchair into it, I know, but, but, but apart from else, SUVs in Ireland have small engines. Comparison to say, if you look at the yes, SUVs in the United States with you know four liter engines, they're not like that over here. They're two liter diesels or one point five liter diesels. Exactly. You, I, I've got a one point five yeah diesel, and I need that size for a wheelchair and for people with elderly and like they've been the best thing since sliced pen in this country for people. And the good following families with three or four kids need them as well. You know what I mean? And for a family car, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So they're all screaming, get rid of the SUVs. And I actually looked into a committee meeting in the Oireachtas and it was on the climate hoax. And it was actually Sinn Fein um T V and she was saying, We'll just treat it like we did the smoking will change their habits. And she was screaming about the SUVs. And I remember like going, 
right, you know, <laughs> put this to the smoking. And that's literally what she said, as in they would mind waddle us into this craziness. Mm. And she used the, the theme of what they did of the smoking ban in Ireland. And that's what she was comparing this to, as to how we'd be psychologically made to do this. And that's the way she was speaking. I was like, so you basically... Indoctrinate us, like. <laughs> Indoctrinate you know, us, and yeah. you're admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just... Yeah. Hear her admit it. Um, and I, I, just didn't, I just didn't get the SUV argument going back there about four weeks ago when that was said, because if that was in America, I could kind of understand because the SUVs over there are big five, six litre engines or whatever it is. But not in Ireland. SUVs and the engines in SUVs in Ireland are actually smaller compared smaller than most cars. To be honest with you, so. absolutely, and more economical to run for. Absolutely, any yeah. And we can't. You, fit, you fit more people into them anyway. Drive around Washford, and you're lucky to find four or five of them. The whole town, mm. and you have to leave your car there for hours on end. Not to mention the lithium and the batteries and the child labour. And, you know, let's go back to Grace O'Sullivan now, because I want to talk about this climate over from Cork to Wexford on Mm. windmill farms. And I'm after doing a deep dive into the windmill farms. And I'm actually in conjunction with people in the southeast. You know what? I don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like them. I was out the okay. other day in a beautiful part of the country. I won't say where I was. And I, I, it was a beautiful day and I'm looking at the sea coming in and we were sitting on mm. the beach. It was a nice quiet beach. We were sitting on the beach and it was this beautiful landscape with a castle in the background. And right in the middle of this landscape was a massive wind turbine. And I said, that's, that's unnecessary for what it's producing to destroy this beautiful skyline and this beautiful scenery. It's completely unnecessary. Not to mention the marine life. So at one corner you have the the climate change people screaming, we need to save our marine life um, by 2030, that we're only at 2% in Ireland to what we're supposed to be at a 30% or 50% by 2030. And then they're going to put all these, literally, from the west coast of Cork, right up from five kilometres out now. Five kilometres of our beautiful southeast coast, our sunny southeast. You're talking about Dunmore, Tramore, you know, the major tourist areas. Five to eight kilometres out, and there's I've counted in the map that they have eight different private co- have put in. And how many? How many wind turbines are they planning to put into the? This is just outside Waterford. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how, ma- how many out of the eight companies you're saying there's eight companies who have put in for planning permission to put these wind turbines in. How many? How many turbines will there be? Um, there, oh, there, 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 anything from each, like from anything to eight to twenty turbines. Now I'll have to go back. Oh, on you the see, yeah, you, you can see. Well, you know what that's going to look like. I'm sure if you've ever been to the Canary Islands, and as you're coming into land, you see them all over the yes. sea. They're everywhere, and yes. they, well, mind you, they need it because they've no other way of producing yes. energy. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll do me a favour. Yeah. From Cork to Wexford, the whole southeast coast will be covered. Now, they're doing stuff there at the moment because they have to do tests on the, you know, the ground and how far out. Some are as near as five to eight kilometres, which then will actually, I walked down there and meet with the lads, the small fisheries, like they have been destroyed as it is in this country. But we have things. Oh, you're, I, I'm losing your line just a little bit there, Melissa. But no, I get the general point that you're making. Stay with me, actually, Melissa, yeah. for a second. Because I want somebody who disagrees with you, I think, is, is Breda. Breda, how are you doing? <laughs> 
How are you? Uh, now you? Uh, not quite that I disagree because um, there are certain things that she said that are absolutely correct. You see, the richest 1% now own half of the world's wealth. Of course, yeah. You know, there are more millionaires uh, living in the United States, Japan, China, UK. And the divide and between so the poor and the rich has got wider. Yeah. Has got much, much wider. Since 2012, it's got like significantly wider. And <clears throat> it is always the poor that pay for... Uh, the crimes of the rich, if you put it like that. Mm. But I believe there's a responsibility on us to hand over the planet to our youngsters as well as we possibly can. And so fast fashion is one of the things that concerns me. If you go to pennies, you buy clothing that is disposable within, you know, really three, four weeks or a month or whatever. Mm. And then um, there are all of the charity shops that have wonderful clothes that I think people are now gearing towards. Younger people, particularly, you know, they tend to to um, now go as well to the charity shops. And I think that's a good thing because there's a lot of wastage. But I'm all for celebrating and having the local produce like the strawberries, the tomatoes here locally. Why would we be importing them when we've got really good produce at home? And while we might have to pay a little extra, it's much more tasty. But see, isn't that what it always comes down to, Brida? It does come down to, you Mm -hmm. know, and particularly when you've got a, you know, a cost of living crisis as well. And everybody's watching every single penny. And Melissa talking about a 500 euro electricity bill per month. Everybody's watching the pennies. So if you can go into Aldi and get your strawberries, you know, for 50 cent less Mm -hmm. than you can to Mm -hmm. buy them, say, fresh from Keelan's in Dunn stores or something for 50 pence more, well, that's probably what you're going to do because to, to everybody, that's money. I mean, okay, they might taste nicer and that's a matter of that's a matter of opinion, I suppose, but they might taste nicer and fresher. But in saying yeah. that, it's about money. And the same goes for electric cars. You know, it's all well and good to say mm-hmm. to people, go green, buy an electric car. I don't believe, by the way, electric cars are going to be the answer for the future. But anyway, for the time being that they're buy an electric car, no, most people really can't afford that. Retrofit your home. Most people can't afford to do that. You know what I mean? We, we can't afford it. So telling us to do these things to save the planet and hand it over to the, the grandchildren of the future is all well and good, but we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I think, look, the government need to be more proactive as well. You know, they need to be looking after vulnerable people. The fact that we have a housing crisis as we have with healthcare system, much more that needs to be done politically to enable people. I am disabled as well. I drive an electric car, you know, it's it's part electric. Mm. Um, it's a hybrid. And yeah. it, it's a hybrid and it is cheaper to run in the long term and it's also good Absolutely. for the environment. And I, by the way, but, I think the hybrid is a great idea. It's the best of both worlds really, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because at least you're not searching for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a garage that has a charging point because I, for three weeks, uh, th- I had three different electric cars. Uh, they were given a loan to me by companies to test drive them. And I have to say, the one thing, they, they were all lovely cars. It was a Tesla and two BMWs. They were lovely cars. I loved driving them. I felt it was very exciting driving them. It was a whole new way of driving, right? But the one thing that drove me mad was I was terrified constantly I was going to run out of power. And and searching for places, particularly I'm going up and down to Northern Ireland quite a lot because I spend most of my mm-hmm. time there. And they're even mm-hmm. worse than Northern Ireland. There's no charging points. Yeah. You, you end up having to drive yeah. five miles to leave your car overnight at a hotel or something like that to just charge it up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. I know. It is crazy. I do think we don't... I was at Roundstone for the weekend um, out in Connemara and it's absolutely beautiful and looking at the natural landscape 
you know, it would be a blight on it to put anything else there. But, Absolutely. Um, the amount of, you know, rubbish that people bring to the beach. Now they oh. bring, you know, cans and bottles and whatever. And, and I agree, they're, but they're, they're two issues. In. They're two separate issues. Yes. Protecting the planet and protecting the environment by using, you know, recyclables, by, you know, not throwing your rubbish away, by separating your rubbish. Everybody agrees with that. It might be a little bit tiresome for people, but everybody agrees with that, unless you're stupid. Yeah. But the other aspect yeah. of it in relation to this net zero by 2050 and Melissa and everybody that's been on the air today are not going to vote for the Green Party because they're not willing to put their hands in their pocket because they don't want to affect them financially. Yeah. I don't think the Green Party will get in anyway, again, because uh, on the mother and baby home issue alone, which we're holding a conference in Galway tomorrow called Grave Injustices. Okay. I've just sent you the brochure on it. Um, and on stuff like that, the Green Party have, you know, propped up the current government and let many, many people down, not just on green issues, on many issues. So I do think that, you know, the Green Party will not have a chance come next election. They are out. Well, realistically, they shouldn't have had a chance of being in government in the last election either. That was just for convenience sake, the government put them in there because they had to make a former government. And um, with 3% of the national vote, they should have never been in government. Mm-hmm. But that's just well, the way it was. Well, they would have done a pact with Sinn Féin for a pact vote that I'm aware of at that time. So mm. Sinn Féin would have gone out and said, give a second vote to the Green Party. So realistically, Sinn Féin helped put them there, well, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, stay, we'll stay there for a second. Let me just go to Eddie as well, finally, on this. Eddie, how you doing? You're on the Live Island podcast. Hello, can you hear me there? I can indeed, Eddie. Yeah. I suppose, Niall, um, like... If I could, see, my biggest thing is I can't see any logic behind what the Greens do, right? And I think it's all—it it seems to be just more about taxing people. Like I—I I, I would despise the Greens, but I would be far protecting the planet, like you know, like along the lines of what you said, you know, protecting us from leaving rubbish all over us, um, you know, pesticides. You know, all that kind of pollution. Yes. But, but it's just like you have the likes of Ryan there who lives in a 1.5 million house. And, you know, he, he, he flies all over the place. You have the cop convention there where they all, many of them fly in from private jets. And many of them on beach from properties, even though they keep telling us the sea levels are rising. So, like... Hey, on, well, on I, well I have to be honest, it was quite ironic when President Biden was here and addressed the Oireachtas, that he arrived in a cavalcade of probably 50 cars, and during his address to the Oireachtas, he mentioned climate change and climate policy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit daft, isn't it? You've just arrived in 50 cars there with probably four-litre diesel engines yeah. in them. But like you've all that going on on one hand, but also like I believe that if you were, you know, if you really wanted to care for the environment and stuff, like I'm happy to leave it, to lead a simpler life because that won't cost me money. Number one, but what I'd like to see is if you were a real, like if you, if I was the leader of the Green Party, you know what I'd be trying to get is local farmers coming together, together to farmers markets to sell p- things to people locally and, and trying to cut out the supermarkets to a certain extent and try to promote that because we have some of the best food in the world and to t- the thought of bringing in Brazilian beef. I have a friend there who, who, you know, who goes to the Paralympics there, he's a Paralympian and he was over in South America, there was, I think it was in Mexico a couple of years ago and they told him not to eat any meat because they failed the drug test. Oh, so right, like, because there's so many, so much chemicals pumped into it. Yeah, so many hormones being pumped into the, the right. beef there. Like, you know, it's well known for, you know, that they use hormones in their, their meat over there. So, like, 
they don't seem to be making like he wants five more million people coming in, Ryan, and then wants to bring down the carbon footprint, like and and kill off cattle. Like, how does that all add up? Like, well, it's all, no, well, with the greatest respect, Eddie, you're a hundred percent right. You don't need to be intelligent. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out it's not all going to work. Yeah. I, like, I agree with you as well about what you said. I think the hydrogen car would be more, because believe it or not, a mechanic said it to me about 10 years ago. He was over at um, some um, show in Germany, and he said there's hydrogen engines ready to go. Now, look, I don't know. If, yeah, well, there already is it, one. Uh, Honda do a yeah. uh, hydrocar. In production. It seems like it, it seems like you know it seems like fairly viable. No, I haven't enough. I'm not experienced enough in that area. But what an accountant was telling me recently there that he worked out with the hybrid cars that they're fine until you go over a certain speed. I think he was saying sixty miles an hour, and then they actually burn more energy. Oh so right, okay. So there's a lot of uh, like he told yeah, me. I think the hybrid cars are ideal if you're if you're living in a city and driving slowly, you know, around a city, doing a lot of city driving, no more than as you rightly said, fifty or sixty miles an hour. If you're doing motorway driving, hybrid yeah. cars are really not going to benefit you too much. And I think we can all agree that if you were in the city, electric cars keeping the fumes down, you know, would be a good thing. But it's it's they just seem to have no logic in their overall plan. No, and, I, and, and, and thank you for that, Eddie. And I don't believe you're right. I think a lot of experts have said electric cars are not the future. And certainly the current electric model, the idea of, you know, waiting seven hours to charge a battery. Uh, if everybody for tomorrow, for example, decided to switch to electric cars, let's say we all conveniently had the money. Theoretically, we could all afford them. You know what would happen, don't you? If Can you imagine, because you're looking at eight kilowatts, that's what it, that you need to charge the battery. You can plug, plug it in, by the way, into a standard plug. It'll take five or six days to charge. But eight kilowatt charges the side of your house. If everybody had an eight kilowatt charger on at night plugging their car in in this country, the country would go on fire. The grid would collapse. There wouldn't be a swig of electricity left for anybody. You wouldn't be able to put a light on anymore. Look, it's not going to happen. And the grid is never going to be able to be upgraded to that level to sustain everybody having an electric car. Because the plan is, from the Green parties and for those who want to protect the environment, is to get you out of your cars completely. They don't want you using electric cars. Because for you to use electric cars, they must produce electricity. To produce electricity, you have to have, I don't know, a power plant, don't you? And they won't go to nuclear power. Nuclear power, some people say it's not safe. If we look throughout history, nuclear power is actually safe. Yes, there's been some tragic accidents, but generally speaking, it's safer than coal-burning plants even. The amount of people that have died in the mines digging coal, you'd take all that into, factor all that into consideration. Realistically, nuclear power is safe. France are flying ahead with nuclear power. So that is an option, but people need to get the fear factor out because unfortunately people are fearful of nuclear power, and I understand why. We don't want a Chernobyl in Ireland, but the chances of that happening are very slim. Very, very slim. You've probably more chance of people dying in mines, as I said, digging coal. But here's the thing. The future is not electric cars until they get to a stage where an electric car will do a thousand kilometers and you can charge it in 60 seconds as quick as you can when you go into a forecourt and put the diesel into a car. That's on the way, by the way. They already have a theory that they can do that. Um, it's be, be, I think they do with laser light or something like that. But again, it hasn't been developed. It's only in theory stage at this stage. I believe Elon Musk has already bought the patent to it. 
um, so somebody will capitalise on that. But the future is probably hydrogen cars. And there's no doubt, by the way, as I said to Grace O'Sullivan, the MEP, the Green Party member earlier on, that we will naturally progress. We progress from the steam, en steam engine to the fossil fuel engine. We naturally progress. People objected to that at the time as well, by the way. But we will naturally progress. But to force progression costs money. And it seems from our callers today, the message clearly being sent out is they're not willing to pay. They want to help. They want to do what they can. Some of them buy into your policies, but they can't afford it. Does everybody believe that we are making an impact on the planet? No, they don't. And you won't hear the other side of the argument because the mainstream media will never let you hear the other side of the argument. There are scientists out there who are not climate deniers because everybody knows the climate is changing. It changes all of the time. And yes, the planet is getting warmer. Some people might be happy about that, by the way. But there are scientists out there who say, no matter what we do, we're not really going to make a big impact. But they're never allowed in the media because that doesn't fit in well with the narrative. I'm not saying I agree with them, but we should be allowed to hear both sides of the debate, shouldn't we? But you'll never hear that. The only way you'll hear that is by going on the internet. Anyway, if you have any comments to make, you can. You can text to WhatsApp at 0871 I did get a couple of comments in there. I just wanted to read them out very briefly if I can. I don't know what I did with those comments. Oh, yes. Oh, where have they gone now? Oh, yes, I see them here. Uh, you are never going to get a sensible response from the Greens because you can't make uh, nonsense sound sensible, says somebody. I'd pay to have the climate cult kill, culled, says Keelan in twi on Twitter. The ghost of Gimlet says, a law should be written to say no business or person will ever profit from a climate change initiative. We'll see how important it really is then. That's a good idea. And Laura says, another scam. <laughs> so you can see people are not really buying into it. Hence, the poll last week in the paper, which suggested people are not going to vote for the Green Party anymore. But at this stage, I don't think it matters. Because you've got Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin are all agreeing with their policies and pushing them forward. Anyway, I should talk to you again tomorrow at 12 o'clock. If you want to download the show today, you can. Just go to my website, www.nyboyland.com. You can watch the whole thing again there. Or if you want to listen to it, by the way, you can go on to all the usual podcast platforms. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all the usual platforms. If you just search, we normally have it up about an hour and a half after the show every single day. Don't forget, if there's anything you ever want us to cover on the show, you can WhatsApp at 085-100-2255. That's 085-100-2255. Or you can contact us at nile at nileboylan.com. Anything you want us to cover at all, we're happy to do it for you. Until then, we'll talk to you again tomorrow at 12. Have a nice day. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 